Welcome to Unlocking the Truth. We are excited you are joining us in this podcast by Preset Ministries Canada to discover God's truth for yourself and to know Him deeply. You are listening to the series Follow Me with Mark Sheldrick, where we will look at six characteristics of a true discipleship of Jesus Christ and His call to follow Him. We encourage you to study along with the 40-minute Bible study, Being a Disciple Counting the Real Cost. You can find this 40-minute Bible study on our website. Now here's Mark Sheldrick in Unlocking the Truth. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unlocking the Truth podcast. This is Mark Sheldrake, National Director of Precept Ministries. You're listening to a ministry of Precept Ministries Canada. Thank you for tuning in with us. We are on our last episode of our Follow Me podcast, looking at the characteristics and principles of true discipleship. Looking forward to this week's episode. Cannot wait to dig into it. A couple of reminders for you about our ministry. Uh, one, if you would like to support Precept in their ministry, you can go to preceptministries.ca and click on the Give button, and all of the uh, gifts that come into the ministry go back into ministering throughout Canada. Did you know that we offer all of our training workshops at no charge to our participants. So all the funds that are raised throughout the year help offset the costs of things like travel for our trainers as well as um, for our places that we may have to rent or for um, shipping of our materials out to the participants and the locations that we go to. So you can you can support others who will... Uh, be able to uh, engage more people in the Word through training. If you want to host training, you can reach us at info at Precept Ministries or training at preceptministries.ca and email us about hosting local workshops. That's it, folks. Let's uh, pray. Let's dive in and begin to look at what the Scriptures tell us Uh, concerning our final principles in Follow Me. Father, we do thank you for the time that you have given us uh, and this technology, for the opportunity to study your word, that we can freely do this in our country, that uh, we can go verse by verse through the text and we can look at uh, these great principles of uh, being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Commit our time now to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, folks, this is it. This is the end. Uh, some of you, maybe, huh, I don't know, waiting for the big announcement. What are we going to do next? Well, we're going to work through the book of Romans. We're going to head into Romans after this. And uh, here's just a couple of things that we're going to set up for Romans. One, uh, Paul's great desire in the book of Romans was that this church, this, this group of believers in Rome that were running well for the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they would be established, that they would be firmly grounded in the Word of God. And then as Paul, he works through 11 chapters. The first 11 chapters of the book of Romans is doctrine. And so we're going to do that because our heart's desire as precept is that you would be grounded. And let me tell you, we are in the midst of a battle for truth like no other. We're seeing cultural change uh, happens so quickly, and uh, the gospel, yet again, the gospel always wins, but yet again, the gospel is under attack. And so we want uh, our listeners, we want people to tune in and be firmly established in the truth. 
And so we're going to look at Romans. We're also going to take this on the road. In September, October of 2023, we are going to do a Cross Canada uh, tour where we're going to have a workshop dedicated and devoted to looking at the doctrine of sin and how do we work through uh, knowing that we are sinners? What is the answer? And we're going to use Romans chapter 5 to engage people in the study of God's Word and then teach them how to lead others in Bible study. If you want to host uh, a location for our tour with Romans chapter 5 uh, this fall, please reach out to us because uh, we want to have uh, this workshop in every province in Canada. And that includes provinces that we have never been to before. Did you know that we have never been to Newfoundland, Prince Edward Island, uh, as a couple of examples? And so we want to go to those provinces and engage people in the Word of God. So uh, pray about this. But these principles of getting people firmly established in the Word of God uh, is why we began to look at the true principles of a disciple of Jesus Christ as well. These disciples are, uh, principles are so important for us. Let me just remind you of these principles uh, that we have been looking at over the last number of weeks. First, we looked at the calling of Jesus. Uh, what was this calling, and what does it look like to be a true disciple? We looked at uh, how we were just called, and those disciples, they just got up and followed. We also looked at the cost of following Jesus, and have we ever really stopped to think, like, what do we have to give up to follow Jesus? We also looked at the very fact that we had to stop and think about whether uh, there were distinguishing traits of a true Christian. What do these distinguishing traits look like, these true followers of Jesus Christ? Could we pick them out in the crowd? Uh, episode 4, that, covered, that covered the commitment, the endurance, the dedication that it takes to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And then in episode 5, which was last week, we talked again about bearing fruit, that true disciples bear fruit. And part of that bearing fruit is taking the gospel out into the world to the people who so desperately need it. And this, ep this week's episode, we're looking at the final principles. We're going to look at three principles for uh, actually going out and sharing the word of God. So this will bring us to a close, but we want to start with principle number one. And principle number one is encompassing all of the other principles. Everything jumps off of principle number one, uh, this principle for today. And the principle is this, that we must put Jesus and his gospel first. All right, no matter what happens in our lives and in the world of around us, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is our relationship with Jesus that takes far greater priority than anything else in the world. And we find this principle in Luke chapter 9, uh, verses 57 to 62. So let me read this for you. Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. 
And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own and uh, bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord. But first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hands to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is telling us here is that this is not a new principle that what he told us in putting him putting Jesus first. If we go back into Luke chapter 9 verse 23, it says uh, Jesus saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow after me. We looked at this principle early on in the series of podcasts, but it's a yet another reminder that in our lives we must put Jesus first. That everything that we are called to do, this commissioning that we are called to do, it takes higher priority. Whoa, did you see that? Even over family and then over work. And so this is our greatest desire. Is Jesus on our lips constantly? Are we looking for opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us? Are we building into our relationship by being in his word each and every day? Are we seeing transformation in our own life? Are we seeing uh, fruit of the Spirit growing in our desires? Or do we, do we live that life that is filled with anger and despair and depression and anxiety? All of those things that are things that are caused by focusing not on Jesus Christ, but on things of the world. Are we focused on our mission? Or are we allowing the culture around us to change at such a rapid pace and doing nothing about it and saying, ah, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. Well, there is something that we can do. We can fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us to go and make disciples, which we talked in last week's episode. So you can't look any further than looking directly at the heart. And I want to quickly look over into the life of Paul. And we'll we'll look at this again in the book of Romans, if you tune in with us in the book of Romans. But Paul had this great desire to be with the Roman people. And he wanted to be with this church so because their faith was running well. They were running well in their church. But you see, he wanted to be encouraged by them, and he also wanted to encourage them. And a part of encouraging them, as Romans 1 tells us, that Paul had a desire to impart a spiritual gift to them that they may be established, that they may be grounded in the Word, that regardless of what life circumstances come around them, that they would fully know the doctrine, that they would know the truth of Jesus Christ, that they would not waver in their faith. I mean, this is exactly opposite of what we see in the letter to the book of Galatians, to the church of Galatians. In Galatians, who has bewitched you, you fool, that you have abandoned your love for Jesus Christ and followed after false teaching? These are the things that we are seeing happen in the world today. We are seeing people go through these movements like the deconstructing faith movement, where really, what is that? That's like 
what Satan did in the garbage garden in questioning, did God really say that? It, does God's word really say that? Now let me break down all of these principles and truths and then redevelop and rebuild my faith that's not on the solid ground of Jesus Christ, but is more on my feelings and my my passions and my desires for what I want God's word to be versus what it really says it is. You see, this is the desire that Paul had. Not only did Paul have a heart for all people, both Jew and Gentile, for them to be established in that church in Rome, he specifically in chapters 9 and 10 of Romans draws attention to the Jews. He's grieved that the Jewish people are pursuing righteousness by works. His desire in his heart is for the Jewish people to be saved, to be considered righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. Paul's entire focus, his entire life, was the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the moment that Paul met him on the road to Damascus, and gave that Jesus met Paul on the road to Damascus and gave him his commission, that's all Paul did, was make disciples. And so these are the vital truths that we want to recognize, that we must put Jesus first in all that we say and do. And when we do this, we will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. All right, let's continue to look at the life of Paul. And we want to move over to the book of Thessalonians. And so in 1 Thessalonians, uh, we're going to see a great example of the ministry of Paul. And so uh, the book of Thessalonians, if you want context for Thessalonians, you can go to Acts chapter 17. And so in Acts chapter 17, Paul is making his journey with uh, Silas into Thessalonica. And in the midst of sharing the gospel, a large mob gets angry at Paul and Silas for preaching the gospel. And these Jewish men, they pursue them and want them to be killed. And so Paul and Silas have to be removed and, and they escape out of Thessalonica into Berea in the middle of the night uh, to, save, to save their lives so that they can continue on in the gospel and the mob doesn't get them. But in chapter 1, verses 1 to 10, we see what God has done through the power of the gospel using Paul as his servant to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and your labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. Now now listen. Listen to what Paul then says in this introductory, because this is very powerful, and it builds us into principle number two. He says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but it came in power and in the Holy Spirit, with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you, uh, what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. So let's just pause there for a moment, because when Paul went and he preached the gospel, and his practice was to take the gospel into the synagogue, 
and preach, and then he would reason with them in the truth of the word. And then he would also, at every opportunity, take the time to share the gospel with those who were Gentiles. And so as the gospel was going through Thessalonica, it began to change the people of the church. In in the book of Acts, in Acts 17, it says, some of the men were persuaded to follow Paul. Well, what does that mean? That means that these people in this in this local community, they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel penetrated the hearts of these men. It broke them to recognize their desperate need for a Savior, and they became followers of Jesus Christ. They became disciples of Jesus. And what Paul says is, his word, the word, the gospel didn't come in word only, meaning Paul just didn't speak these words and then that's it. But when Paul spoke these powerful words, that the Holy Spirit was working in the lives of those who were listening to this word, bringing full conviction, showing them that they were sinners destined for wrath and that they needed a savior. And as their hearts softened to this message in recognizing that they needed a savior, the text tells us that it came with full conviction, that these men were broken by the truth of the gospel, that their lives were transformed, and they became followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. This was what Paul set his life out for. This is what his desire was to equip those uh, in the word of God. And it says in verse, also in verse 5, that not only come with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. This is, this is the next principle, folks. Principle number two is that not only are we to be people who share the gospel in word, but we are also to be living examples of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the greatest principle that we need to understand in the midst of the world that we're living in today. The world around us, they are looking and they are watching those who profess their Jesus. If you look what's happening in the world within the church, we are seeing very strong leaders, people that are well-known, authors, speakers, pastors of really big churches, all of these people are falling into the traps of sin. Whether it be sexual idolatry, whether it be those who are uh, stealing money from the church, whatever it is, these things are the things that people look at to call out Christians for hypocrisy. They're looking at our lives. They're watching us to see if our actions match what we say we believe. And when we do not live out the truth of the gospel in our daily lives, but only speak about the very fact of the gospel, we're not presenting the full gospel power. We want to not only share it with words, but we want to live it out in our lives. We want people to see that we are different from the world. 
We want people to see that we are worthy of imitation. We want people to see Jesus in us. And listen to what verse 6 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 tells us. It says, you church, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Uh, This was written around AD 51. Jesus had already ascended into heaven. The church at Thessalonica would have never seen Jesus firsthand in all the works he had done. They would have only heard of Jesus through the teachings of Paul and through the way that he lived his life. Paul, in his life, he was so worthy of being followed that multiple times throughout Scripture we say, we see, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Which pauses for us again, and it allows us to stop and say to ourselves, is my life worthy of imitation? Am I worthy of being followed? Now that becomes even more challenging of whether we are putting Jesus first in all that we do when we see that others are looking for the examples of how to live like Jesus. Is your life worthy of being followed? Would other people be able to see Jesus in your everyday life? Oh, is the Lord working within your heart? Is the Spirit stirring about in you? And as you ask yourself, you know what? Can people see Jesus in me? Are there things in my life that I need to get rid of so that I truly see, people truly see that Jesus has transformed my life? Or am I still living with one foot in the world and trying to pursue all those worldly things? and not putting Jesus first. You see, principle number two is such a strong one because watch what happens to this church. Let's see what this church learned from Paul who was living out the life of Jesus in his own. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you, church, You became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything to you. Do you see what happens? That as you live a life transformed by Jesus, that as you live the life of a true disciple of Jesus Christ, That when you go out and share the word, it's not by your words that brings transformation. It is the power of the gospel that transforms lives. But the power of the gospel in action in you is seen for other people to know that the truth of the gospel is actual truth. And it does change lives. And it does free you from sin. And it does cause you to live differently. That as you live out your life in full pursuit of the gospel, others see that. They imitate it. And then they go out and they reach others by their example. And it keeps this waterfall of flow of example and follow, example and follow, example and follow. But the moment we have these opportunities where 
people start to follow after those who who don't live out what they speak, that's when hypocrisy enters. And we see so many people that say they do not want to have anything to do with Christianity because of hypocrisy. That person doesn't act the way they teach and say that they are supposed to live. And that brings everything crumbling to the ground. Don't get me wrong, the gospel always wins. But I have seen firsthand in a church what happens when a big, strong leader falls into sin. The entire church falls into dismay and disappointment and unbelieving that it actually ever happened. How could this be true? And yet what also results in this is there are those who will just walk away, who have been seeking and, and questioning and, and beginning to get a desire, walking away from that church saying, I don't want anything to do with it because they don't practice what they preach. These are the things that we're seeing called out within government right now. These are the things that we're seeing called out all over the world is that actions don't match words. And that's where true disciples are to be different. Their words and their actions line up. People will see Jesus in all that you do. Principle one, look forward. Don't look back. Put Jesus first in all that you do. Pick up the cross and follow after him. Principle number two, be people of integrity. May your words and actions line up. Follow in the path that Paul did when he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Let's look at principle number three. In principle number three, we have to go over to the book of uh, 2 Timothy in chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. And listen to what Paul says in his final letter, his final words to Timothy. Starting at verse 10, he says, Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, perseverance and suffering such as happened to me at Antioch, in Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood have you known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads you to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What's Paul encouraging Timothy to do? Principle number three. No matter what happens in the world around you, no matter the suffering and the persecution that you will face because of your relationship with Jesus, hold fast to his word. Hold fast to the teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hold fast to his word and his promises that, look, folks, we've already seen this We know that we are going to face suffering and persecution for the gospel. 
hold fast. Don't sway from the teachings. Follow the word of God with your whole heart. We're seeing in the world right now, yes, many, many people preaching and teaching a false gospel, mixing and twisting God's word to fit their agenda. And yet, the principles and the truths are all found in the word of God. Can you see why, after laying out the true disciples of Jesus Christ, why we would be going to the book of Romans? Why? Because our desire at precept, my desire for you listening to this is that you would be established, that you would stand firm in the word of God no matter what comes in the world, that you won't be deceived by false teaching. That's principle number three. And finally, principle number four, which brings us to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul, Paul called Timothy and he said, join me in suffering for the gospel. Like we've said before this today, the podcast that Paul's heart and desire was for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gave his entire life in pursuit of the mission of populating heaven and plundering hell. It's the same mission that you and I carry as followers of Jesus Christ. And as Paul gives his final words to Timothy, he says, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Why be strong? Well, because those who work and share and present the gospel are going to suffer. So be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. If you don't have this verse, start in your Bible, 2 Timothy 2.2, you need to start in your Bible. Because this is what it looks like to present the gospel. It, this is what it looks like to to bring the teachings of God's word out into the open. Earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he tells Timothy to guard the treasure. Guard it, protect it, make sure that it isn't, that it isn't twisted. Don't, don't allow God's word to, to lose its power because its power is in what it says and does. Romans 1, 1, the power of God is for salvation. And so all of the power is in the word of God, but when we twist it and we turn it to make it feel a little bit better and less offensive, it loses its power. And so Paul tells him to take these words that he was given by Paul and to be very careful with them, to hold on to them tightly. But when the opportunity comes and you see other people who are, are eager and ready to release it, to these faithful men, to these ones who will promise to not twist and turn God's word, and then they will pass it on to the next. Entrust the word to faithful men who will then go on. You know what this is? This is go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. This is the Great Commission. 
entrust the word to faithful men. And this is what you and I are called to do. And this is what I love about precept. It's not about lecturing. It's not about just basically spewing out verses upon verses, pretty much like what we're doing in this podcast. But I, Lord willing, you have been studying along with us. But it is to take these words and to raise people up to be disciple makers. This is so much more than just presenting the gospel. This is presenting the gospel for the purpose of transformation. But like in the book of Thessalonians, that we raise up people that see us living out Jesus, but also hear these words, that they begin to follow us and others follow them. When I was working for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, when I first started out into ministry, I had a man who, who was uh, in charge as the CEO, and he, he said to me, your ministry will be a success if you impact one person this year in the high school. And I have held on to that truth throughout my entire ministry, even in our time at Precept. Can we, can I impact one person who will become an imitator of Jesus through me and then go and disciple other people? This is what our ministry is about. Our ministry is about making true disciples of Jesus Christ by putting him into the word of God and having them observe, interpret, and apply God's word so that God's word and its power will change lives. Friends, this brings us to the end, and this is the challenge I have for you. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Are you entrusting the word to faithful men? Is your life worthy of imitation? Are you in pursuit of Jesus full on as the main priority in your life? Have you left everything else behind for the purpose of the gospel? You see, when we do this, we're going to make an amazing impact in our church, in our community, in our country. Join me in engaging people in relationship with God through knowing his word. Become a leader of a precept Bible study. Encourage your pastor to open the doors to precept coming and doing training in your community. Because precept, like Paul, has a desire to see people established, to be grounded in the word that no matter what comes in this life, they will be able to say that God is faithful, God is true, that God is real, and that God is worth giving up everything in my life to follow him. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to, to engage in your word in this way. Lord, there are many things brought out in this podcast that, that allow us to think, those being, are we following after you with all of our heart? Is our life worthy of imitation? And am I entrusting the word of God to others? Work in our lives now and challenge us. Equip us to go out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friend, for joining us in today's podcast of Unlocking the Truth, the podcast channel by Preset Ministries Canada. 
Visit our website, preceptministries.ca, to further your journey in His Word by registering into a Bible study class, a workshop, or leadership training that will give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.